0: Welcome to this edition of Code Talk, the concise podcast to help you get to know the National Electrical Code. I'm your host, Frank Seiler, based in Spokane, Washington, and today's episode is Article 240, Feeder Tap Rules for General Use. So back to a couple of the ground rules we generally have for our conductors. One is that you must protect conductors against overcurrent in accordance with their impacity. That's 240.4. And in addition, we also have to provide an overcurrent protective device. And quite often you'll see that as abbreviated as OCPD. Not something you need meds for. OCPD, overcurrent protective device. We must provide one of these in each ungrounded, or HOT, circuit conductor at the point where the conductors receive their supply, 240.21. And so that forms the basis of how we generally protect feeders and branch circuits. However, the NEC permits TAP conductors to have overcurrent protection set at a value that greatly exceeds the impacity of the conductors, but this is only permitted under specific conditions that are outlined in 240.21. So, before we get into the details of 240.21, we have to understand that a tap conductor is not permitted to supply another tap conductor. The way it reads it doesn't make this readily obvious. It states in 240.21 conductors supplied under 240.21 A through H shall not supply another conductor except through an overcurrent protective device meeting the requirements of 240.4. So when you take that language apart and look at the sections that it references, 240.21 A through H, it translates into you can't tap a tap, or you cannot make an additional tap off of a conductor that is already tapped. Or, to put it another way, each individual tap has to always go back to the fully-sized conductor. So now let's look at the code-specific requirements for feeder tap rules and secondary tap rules. So where do we find them? Well, there are five different rules, five feeder tap rules that are contained in 240.21b. The most common ones, the ones we'll talk about today, are the 10-foot tap, the 25-foot tap, and the outside feeder tap. The next episode will feature the transformer taps, but without some other background for protecting and wiring of transformers, the tap rules by themselves perhaps won't make a whole lot of sense. So we will dedicate a whole episode to transformers and then how to protect the primary and secondary conductors. So the three main tap rules that are able to be used in both commercial and residential applications are as follows. The 10-foot feeder tap rule. 240.21b1. One doesn't have to install an overcurrent protective device at the tap point of a feeder tap if its length doesn't exceed 10 feet, and then it has to meet the following requirements. Number one, the impacity of the tap conductor is not less than the computed load in accordance with Article 220, and not less than the rating of the device supplied by the tap conductors or the overcurrent protected device at the termination of the tap conductors. Number two, the tap conductors are not extended beyond the equipment they supply. Number three, the tap conductors are installed in a raceway if they leave the enclosure. And number four, the tap conductors have an impacity of no less than 10% of the impacity of the overcurrent protected device from which the conductors are tapped. So, the 10-foot tap rule, 10-foot, 10%. The next one is the 25-foot feeder tap rule, 240.21B2. And again, one doesn't have to install an overcurrent protective device at the tap point of a feeder tap if its length doesn't exceed 25 feet and if it meets the following requirements. Number one, the impacity of the tap conductors is not less than one-third the impacity of the overcurrent protective device, protecting the feeder. Number two, the tap conductors are terminated in a single circuit breaker or set of fuses, having a rating no greater than the conductor impacity, as listed in Table 310.16. And if you're still on the 2017 code, Table 310.15B16. And number three, the tap conductors are suitably protected from physical damage Or enclosed in a raceway and so there are some distinct differences between the 10-foot tap rule and the 25-foot tap rule one of course is the size 10 foot 10 percent 25 foot one-third or 33.33 percent the other one is the equipment that it may terminate in under the 10-foot tap rule one could land in a main lug panel with no direct overcurrent device As long as the calculated load of that panel is less than the uh, capacity of the conductors. The third one is the slight difference in wording on the physical protection. The 10-foot tap rule must be enclosed in a raceway. So where might the 10 or 25-foot tap rule be useful? Well, in commercial work, it's not uncommon to group a number of pieces of equipment together, Calculate the total capacity requirements for these, and then size a common feeder for this entire grouping of equipment. And then, off of the feeder, we would tap to each piece of equipment and provide the overcurrent protection for the tap at the unit disconnect. For facility with many production machines, this is a much more cost-effective way of distributing power throughout the building. Imagine, just for a moment, if you had 300 pieces of 3 phase equipment... If we provided individual branch circuits, that would require 900 breaker spaces. Now, while it could legally be wired that way, it is an unnecessary waste of resources. Your local supply house would love to sell you all those breakers and the switchgear and the wire, but it's highly unlikely that you'll get the bid. In the episode notes, I will show one such feeder with both the 10-foot and 25-foot tap rules applied. So one thing to note, 10 foot, 10 percent, or 25 foot, one third, 33.33 percent of the feeder overcurrent device, that is the lower limit of the tap rule. It is the lower limit of the conductor, not the lower limit of the overcurrent device. As an example, if we have a 200 amp feeder that is tapped using the 25 foot tap rule, and The tap only needs to be rated at 20 amps, so the tap conductors have to be rated no smaller than one-third of the 200. You're going to end up with a 4-gauge copper conductor, but on the tail end, it will connect to an overcurrent device that has a 20-amp breaker or 20-amp fuses on the line side. On the load side of that 20-amp breaker, where the conductors are fully protected, a 12-gauge wire is perfectly fine. So again, the limitation, the 10% or the one-third, applies to the conductor, not the downstream overcurrent device. It can be less than that. Outside feeder taps of unlimited length. That's our third rule we'll discuss, and that's found in 240.21b5. Now, you don't have to install an overcurrent protective device at the tap point of a feeder tap, where it is of unlimited length as long as you meet the following requirements. Number one, the tap conductors are suitably protected from physical damage. So often that's done by either enclosing in a raceway or perhaps it's directly buried in earth. The tap conductors, number two, the tap conductors are terminated at a single circuit breaker or single set of fuses that limit the load of the impacity of the conductors. Now this single overcurrent protective device may supply any number of additional overcurrent devices on its load side. Number three, the overcurrent protective device for the tap conductors is an integral part of the disconnecting means or located immediately adjacent to the device. We actually have the same rule for service conductors, so in many ways our outside feeder tap rules follow similar rules to what we would have in Article 230 for service conductors. Number four, the disconnect is located at a readily accessible location outside of the building or structure. Or nearest the point of entry of the service conductors. So what might be an application here? Well, in the episode notes you'll see the following. A 400-amp service supplies a house, 200 amps going to the dwelling unit, and another 200-amp breaker used to supply all the outbuildings. There are three of them, and so we've got a 250 kcml aluminum conductor that comes out of the 200-amp breaker, runs across the yard, underground, and feeds into a handhole in the yard and if you pop the cover open to that handhole, you'll see that there are three taps in there. It splits into three taps to supply number one a 30 amp well house, number two a 60 amp panel in the barn and number three a 125 amp panel in the shop. Now if you do some quick math you'll realize that 30 plus 60 plus 125 is more than 200 it's okay that the total rating of the downstream overcurrent devices exceeds 200 amps. What is important is this, that is that the total calculated load of all three structures, and the calculation is based on Article 220, does not exceed the rating of the feeder. The same could be said for the 10-foot and 25-foot TAP rule. Another application might be if you have an all-in-one panel with feed-through lugs at the bottom, as long as you're outside of any structure, you can use those lugs to provide a feeder to any size sub at an outbuilding, and rely on the downstream overcurrent device to provide the protection needed. So there you have it. That is the three universal feeder tap rules in a nutshell. They have a wide variety of applications. I just kind of uh, gave a couple of examples. Now, if you're not familiar with them, please get to know them a bit better. In the next episode, we will consider transformer taps and the overcurrent protection for both equipment and conductor. The episode will make a whole lot more sense if you're comfortable with the 10 and 25-foot tap rules. With indoor distribution transformers, we're actually stuck with them. That is, you can't choose not to use them. They're part of the installation. Thank you again for listening. If you found this episode on a site other than our website, please go to dot trainingcom for the lecture notes. I'll try to get them up in the next couple of days, along with some examples. Until next time, this is your host, Frank Seiler, signing off from Spokane, Washington.